Hello and welcome to Living Word Ministries. We're impacting lives and changing the world. Join us as we dive into the Word of God. Good morning, church. Today is the day the Lord has made and we choose to rejoice and be glad in Him. Uh, thank you for having me back today again and um I want to say thank you to the feedback from last to to get to people who gave feedback uh, concerning the last week's teaching, and uh, also I would like to say um, well done, and um, thank you to everyone who attended the Bible study, the question, the Q and A session, as well as the Bible study session last week Friday. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Pastor Jun and uh, to thank her. Uh, for giving me another privilege to be with the church family this morning and to be a blessing to you guys. So I would like to thank thank the entire church family for those words of encouragement. Uh, they really blessed me. Praise the Lord. So uh, before we go into the word this morning, I would like us to say one or two words of prayer. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We just want to really appreciate you for enlightening our eyes of understanding. Uh, regarding the subject of purpose and um, how you are working in our hearts so that we can be purpose-minded and we can walk with you. We can walk on the things you are laying in our hearts so that we can do what you have called us to do. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And Lord, as we have a conversation again this morning, as we as a fellowship in the Word, we thank you, Father, for you already enlighten uh, our eyes of understanding to open our eyes to see and our ears to hear what you have in store for us and the direction you would like us to go. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. All right. Uh, good morning once again. Right, I'm Tinde Cole, uh, the lead pastor of the Transformers Church. Uh, that's for people who may be watching or listening to me for the very first time. So uh, last week we uh, talked about, we started talking about my purpose surpasses my challenge, right? My purpose surpasses my challenges. So my purpose is greater than my challenges. And I started this journey with us, um, showing us that before, before we can confidently declare that our purpose surpasses whatever challenges we go through in life, we need to really understand what purpose is. is. And at the last at the Q and A session, the like of the Bible study on Friday, uh, someone asked a brilliant question about purpose, and they said, "You know, are we not trying to overthink this purpose thing because the uh, God's God's mission, in a sense, is to win souls, is to reconcile all men to Himself, or men and women to Himself, in in a perfect union and harmony." This is me rephrasing the question. Uh, are we not just as believers should give ourselves to that? And in a sense, we are uh, fulfilling our purpose. And uh, I try to help understand that uh, that is correct. Uh, but the truth is that how God wants us to play our own part in restoring all men to himself is unique, right? And uh, he has given us capabilities, abilities, talents, giftings, anointing, grace, especially the anointing, a supernatural ability to play our unique part in fulfilling that uh, assignment, right? So uh, we are not overthinking things when we're thinking about purpose. And having said that, 
we should kind of know that think purpose, to be honest. We should just give ourselves to the Lord. I mentioned, I remember I mentioned last week that, you know, purpose is not something that falls from the sky or something that you catch or something that you, you, you cook up, you know, uh, Purpose is revealed to you how God wants you to play your own part in fulfilling God's overarching purpose, right? Is um is something you discover as you as you walk with the Father. So your purpose is revealed to you as you walk with the Father. I like cause I I like the fact that we are looking at purpose and then trying to look at it as a subject because if we don't have a sense of purpose, a sense of mission, a sense of there is an intent behind my creation, we will just be coasting through life, right? We will not be able to strategically, by the help of the Holy Ghost, occupy the place that God has prepared for us. And you know what? I believe that strongly that God has a place for each and every one of us. The book of First um, Corinthians chapter 12, I think we should go there. First uh, Corinthians 12. Uh, Let's start from verse 4. 1 Corinthians 12 verse reads, this is the NIV UK. It reads, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit, distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of walking, but in all of them, and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, take note of the verse 6. There, say, there are different kinds of walking, different kinds of manifestation, different kinds of quickening in every one of us. So there are different kinds of uh, walking, but in all of them and in anyone, in everyone, it is the same God at work. So God is working in people differently to achieve or to fulfill an overarching purpose, which we're going to look into shortly. Uh, verse 7 reads, Now to each one, the manifestation, evidence, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So even though here it's really talking about um, spiritual gifts, I'll say to you that uh, individually, right, graces, abilities have been given to us to play a unique part in the body of Christ. Let's go to uh, Ephesians 4, 13. Let me get it. 4, 13 or 17. Let's go there. Ephesians 4. Oh, I think it should be verse 17. Uh, no, this is Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. Okay, let's, let me start from uh, verse 15. Okay, let's take it from verse 14. I think that'll be good. So, uh, the Bible, now this is talk, Jesus, uh, the Bible talking about ministry gift that Jesus puts in the body of Christ. There's a verse I want to call out here. So, I'll, I'll take it from verse 14 and then um, we go all the way down to 16. Even though I'm tempted to go to verse 11, should we do that? I'm a bit in a uh, hurry a little bit today because I have a lot to cover as I, as I, as I, I only, I'm only spending two weeks with you guys. Uh, but if I, let me, I think I should exercise the gift of the, uh, the fruit of the spirit this morning. Let me exercise patience, patience. So let's start from 11, right? If we just for 11, the Bible says, uh, so Christ himself gave the, gave the apostles, the prophet, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip what is body for works of service to equip his body for works of service. So there's work of service that God, I mean, wants to be done in a sense, right? 
and the fivefold ministry, well, we call it fivefold ministry, but if you look at it in actual fact, it's a kind of fourfold ministry, right? Because um, where it says um, and pastors, right? Uh, when it says pastors and teachers, it means pastors who should also teach, right? So we don't we say fivefold ministry, but it's kind of four. But we know that there's some people in the body of Christ who don't seem to have a kind of ability no, no, i don't want to say ability but they, they are not just called a pastor but they can teach they have a special anointing to teach so we can say call it five-fold ministry so whether you hear somebody say uh it's not meant to be five-fold ministries or four-fold ministry don't bother yourself about it some people are gifted to teach but they cannot pastor because it's not in them right and this is god working in people in different ways amen up or uh, all onto one purpose to benefit the body of christ but we get into that uh, overarching purpose shortly so there's works of service, right, uh, to be done. So the fa- the the four or fivefold ministry, uh, uh, the assignment is to equip the body of Christ, to train the body of Christ, so they can do the works of service. Now, um, verse thirteen says, "Now these guys, I mean the four, four the the ministry gifts. Let me use our ministry gift so that we can strike off the debate of whether it is fourfold or fivefold ministry. Now the ministry gift was given to the body of Christ." So the, yeah, so that they can, so that these guys can build, uh, prepare, equip people for works of service. Now, verse thirteen says, "Until we all reach unity in the faith, and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ." So, if you look at the immaturity in body of Christ today, and how and how much bickering and fighting in the body of Christ today, and which is because of people's immaturity, to be honest, that's what it, that's the reason. So, when there's strife in the church, where there's bickering, where there's gossip, where there's backbiting, it's just it's just babyish behavior. And unfortunately, even many babies will not act that way. Uh, but we can say. <laughs> Uh, the, the people who are spreading strife, looking at the pastor in the face and saying no one of nonsense and then fighting one another, gossiping, they are babies in the, they, are, they are just being baby, right? And um, the reason why we will look at it from that angle is because they are, every one of us, when we give our life to Christ, we are born anew into the body of Christ, right? And uh, we had an old life which had kind of trained our mind to think in a selfish, carnal, carnal ungodly way so many of us when we come into when we after giving our life to christ we still yield ourselves to that old way of thinking we have not renewed our mind in those areas of our life so that we can yield to the holy spirit inside of us we can hear what the holy spirit is saying to us and act on the instruction of the holy ghost and not based on what our mind is telling us right the way we think is a function of how our mind has been programmed to think based on you know whatever exposure we've had or whatever whatever we're exposed to our upbringing all kind of stuff in our upbringing there were godly teachings and ungodly as well and um, after we give our life to christ that is if we did not give our life to christ growing up i mean from a very tender age those ungodly way of thinking are still in our mind and even even if we have given our life to christ you know, from a tender age, right? Uh, we have a flesh. We have an all-renewed side of us. You know, we, we have the kind of human part of us that is kind of ungodly and has to do with how our mind has been conditioned, right? We still need, we still need to be renewed. So anyone who is acting, you know, ungodly, who is 
spreading strife, like I touched on it last week Friday, they are just being babish and immature. And immaturity is one of the things that kills church very fast. Right. So if you look at the scope and the context of all of this immaturity, breaking and fighting the church, you know that the fourfold ministry or the fivefold ministry, like I said, the ministry gift, as we agreed, right? The ministry gift have a lot of work to do. Right. So I don't know why I touched on that, but I guess God wants to bless someone there. Now, verse 14 says, uh, then we will no longer be infants. So God's mission, intention is, is, so, is such that we will no longer be infants, babies. So like I said, babies are, you know, if anyone is causing strife, causing division, causing trouble, gossiping around you, they are being what? A baby. So don't take offense. They're just being babies, regardless of how long they've been in the church. Praise the Lord. Let's go. So then we will no longer be infants tossed to and fro by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning craftiness of people in the deceitful screaming in their deceitful scheming so if we don't choose to grow in the faith grow to know the lord grow to i mean mature you've you know, training ourselves to be able to readily yield to the godly thoughts that god has placed in our spirit now, if we don't grow in our Christian work, in our Christian faith, right, we can be easily deceived, we can be easily easily swayed, and as a result, we cannot be we cannot be entrusted with responsibility by God. This is how this fits in with purpose. So if you are immature and you don't want to grow, especially in things that are causing divisions or you know affecting other people. God cannot entrust you with his own people. So some people are thinking, why is my ministry not growing? Why is this not happening? God, why are you not using me? You want to check yourself whether you are mature to handle the responsibility that God is commit, can commit into your hands. So I, it seems like I'm here and there. No, 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 no. I'm trying to take, I'm taking us somewhere. But a few things I need to call out here as the Holy Spirit lays things in my spirit. Amen. Uh, that's why I, my style of teaching is word of knowledge. You know, when I come to church on Sunday, uh, I usually have my notes, what I want to go through. But as the Holy Spirit is putting things in my spirit, I just have to call them out. And even though many times I feel uncomfortable, I'm like, Holy Spirit, I have a note. I need to get somewhere. But I'm just going to have to do this job the way the Holy Spirit is laying the stuff in my heart this morning. Amen. So now, there's a variety of purpose of God, which I'll go to open i mean hope um, we, we're going to look at it shortly and in um, among that uh purpose in the context of god's overarching purpose right is all of this that people may be mature people may come to know who they are in christ jesus and each and every one of us have been given unique and specific giftings and graces to support these works of service so that people can grow people can mature Amen. Uh, verse 15 say reads, So don't forget, if we don't grow, if we don't keep or continue to yield ourselves to the Spirit of the Lord, we can be easily deceived by all manner of fake doctrine, false doctrine, evil and destructive doctrine that is going all around. Now, uh, verse 15 says, Instead, speaking the truth, excuse me, in love, we will grow to become in every respect, you see that grow. So when I was talking about infancy, immaturity, you can see that I wasn't lying or I wasn't saying nonsense because, because the Bible called out, calls out the place of growth here in, in the Bible. It said we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. And this is even talking about collectively as a body of Christ. But 
For the body of Christ to mature, it is the individuals in the body of Christ maturing. And when we come together, we are able to represent Christ. Uh, Verse 16 reads, From in the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Now, that's the verse I was looking for in the first place. As each part does its work. I mean, that last line. So, each one of us have a part to play and each and every one of us should play our part. So, we playing our part is fulfilling God's plan and God's purpose for our lives. And the bigger is not better. Some people's position in the body of Christ is not such a kind of a, a, a celebrity kind of position. Like being the, 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 the pastor of, of, the, of the biggest church in, in, in London or, the, or the, 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 the anointed singer with over 60 million followers. No. Somebody can be a singer, a gospel singer in court with over 60 million followers and what they are doing, um, whatever they do, whatever they're singing, in the eyes of God is like dung. You know what the dung is? Cowful. Mm, doesn't look nice, right? Or sound nice. But do you know what will make a person's work sound like, um, before God is, uh, is like, uh, like dung? Because they, they build it on self. On, and on, the, on, the, on the applause of people. On the praise of people. Praise of men. Jesus said anybody who give themselves to human praise will find it difficult to walk in faith. This is me paraphrasing the scripture. If you give yourself to the praise of people, you want people to praise you, people to celebrate you, you want to be a celebrity, you will struggle in your walk with the Father. You will not be able to walk by faith. You see, see the fear of people, that's how I, de- I, I define it. The fear of people in this context is a unhealthy desire for the acceptance and the approval of human beings. Unhealthy, ungodly desire for people to like you, follow you, you know, clear your thumb, thumbs up so that you can, you know, you can feel good about yourself. You know, all those likes, all those comments, all those heart shape on your on your looks, and when when you when you show stuff off on Instagram, I'm not saying you, I'm saying we generally. I need to, I'm still learning how to really, you know, f- fine tune my comment, my some of my for my word. So when I'm speaking that moment, I'm not speaking to the entire church, I'm, but you know, it's a word for someone, right? So when a person kind of flo- you know shows things up on, on on Instagram so that people can click the, click the love button and everything and they feel good about themselves, and they may have a huge following the bible says that such people no matter how much they say they're a child of god love of god because i see them on instagram sometimes you know we can see everything all over the page and they are saying the child of god lover of god no god does not condemn me you know god likes me for where i am but the question is is the way such people are conducting themselves is it bringing glory to the name of the lord or they are just being in their own space in their own self and just uh, building their own empire, building their own uh, their own space, and uh, I mean, tr- wanting to serve God and relate with God on their own terms. These things don't make sense. The Bible says to us in the book of Ephesians chapter five that obscenity should not even be had among us. Obscenity, mm, I don't want to ex- expand it. Should not should not be had among believers because it's not proper. So for a believer to be opening things up on social media, uh, they, they should define to me what that means. And they said, no, 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 I'm a child of God. No, no, no. You, 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 there are such people, when, when they do such things, 
they are declaring Satan as their father because the child of God would not do that because the Bible clearly tells us that your children of God don't do that. I don't know how I got there, but I guess it's a word for someone. So the Bible is saying to us that each and every one of us have our own part to play, right? And we and fulfilling purpose is what is discovering that part and going in that direction, doing that thing that God has in store for us. I mean, I mean, and doing things the way God wants it done. Amen. That's another summer for another day. If I get my mouth on that one, I might be here for another 40 minutes. Doing things the way God wants it done. You know, many, many, many Christians, let me talk a little bit about it. Many Christians, uh, they, they kind of have a sense of what God is calling them to do, but you know how they want to do it? They want to do it in such a way that the world will celebrate them, the world will accept them. So when you try to use ungodly means to fulfill godly assignment, you complicate things for yourself. You open up yourself to the enemy. You know, when, church, when some churches or believers begin to, all in the name of trying to attract young people, begin to bring ungodliness into the body of Christ. They bring in demons and devils. And how many of them have lasted? Many of them are still standing, right? But they have become an instrument of darkness to, com- to, to, to complicate the life of these young people. And these are the ministers of the, these are the ministers in court and Christians who are, uh, who, who, who are you being used as a vessel of darkness to hinder believers, these young believers, from discovering who exactly they are in Christ Jesus? I'm not condemning them, but that's just the truth. But the genesis of it is such people don't want to fulfill God's purpose the way God wants them to do it. They want to have the celebrity kind of thinking. We are not called to be celebrities. There should be no such thing as a celebrity Christian. We are children of the Most High God. But I think how I got into Instagram thing is the fact that, you know, um, how God wants the, wants you to play your own part in the overarching purpose many times is not a gla- is not glamorous. I'm like, you know, all bling, bling, glam, you know, you driving that flashy car and stuff like that. Some people, they are just called to help in the book uh, bookstore in, ch- in a particular church and God will give them inspiration wisdom as to how to play their own body uh, uh, play, sorry play their own part in the entire scope of work that needs to be done some people they are just meant to run sanitation uh, sanitation programs for church and people have different roles not everyone should be standing in front of the pulpit to, to teach and to speak to be, honest, to be honest with you guys, I don't know, but I think some people, because they like the praise of people and they like people to celebrate them. That's why they, like, they want to be in front of uh, the puppy to speak. Guys, to be honest with you, <laughs> uh, you don't want to know what it cost me to be with you guys this morning. And you don't, you don't have a clue. Right. I, I'm doing, I, I mean, it's, it's the love of God that drives me to be a blessing to people, to teach, to do the things that I do. So if you're not thinking about yourself, you're not thinking about praise and glory for yourself, you will know that to impact life in people, to prepare, to impact life in people, to live the life of the gospel is not a joke. There are times whereby I just want my wife or somebody else to just preach or teach. If they can be doing the preaching and the teaching, I don't mind. Right. So what I'm sharing with you is not just what is not just that I put a note together to come and teach you as you can tell. Like, I mean, it's a life that I'm living, the truth I'm sharing with you guys, a life that I'm living. And as I'm speaking to you, I'm leaning heavily on my spirit to hear what the Lord is saying to me and, to, and before so that I can roll it out to you. And that's why I believe what I'm sharing with you guys is hitting people, is blessing people, is healing people, delivering people. Not because 
I am a good speaker or because I have come up, I mean, uh, or I'm eloquent or any kind of thing. You can tell I'm not that eloquent, right? But because what I'm speaking to you is what is as I hear from the Lord, right? What I have on my notes, I have scriptures and scriptures here, but what is the Lord saying? So me as a pastor, as a teacher here right now speaking to you, I, I'm playing my own part. And I need to ensure that I play the way God wants me to play it, not the way I want to play it to sound good or to make you guys see me as someone who is a, a, good, a good guy. Amen. So let's go quickly go to first, uh, Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. So this is um, what I believe as overarching purpose of God and, and we, you have, we all have a part to play in it. So don't forget that uh, Ephesians 4 tells us that each one of us have a particular part to play and First Corinthians 12 also confirms it and we need to know our place. And so like I said, we should not try to overcomplicate purpose. We should just focus and commit ourselves to working with the Father, but have a sense of intention uh, that there's a, there's, a, there's an intention in the mind of God behind our, behind our creation. Because if we don't have it in this world where there's so much distraction, we can be easily swayed by anything. You can be, be a Christian and you just be coasting all around, not hit, not 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 aiming at a target to hit for the Father. Right. So it's about balance. Amen. So First Timothy 2, uh, chapter 4, reads, uh, it says, try and, so uh, let me take verse 3. So this is good and places, okay, let's take it from verse 1. It's just easier that way. Now, this is Paul speaking to Apostle Paul, speaking to Timothy, a spiritual son who is also a pastor. He said, I urge, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Verse 3. This is good and places God our Savior. Listen carefully to this. Who wants, verse 4, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth? Who wants all people to be saved? And to come to the knowledge of the truth. Verse 5 reads, For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. And so talking about the fact that the truth that God wants people to come to, right, is that they come to know Christ. Let's put it that way. Let's summarize it that way. To know Christ. To have a relationship with Christ. The Bible says to us in the book of John 3, 16, say, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Verse um, 17 of John chapter 3, uh, Jesus said, He came not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And the Bible tells us, what is, what is eternal life? Eternal life is to know God and Christ Jesus, whom he has sent. So, see, the overarching purpose of God is for the salvation of men. That people will come to know him and not just know him, not just to be saved, because we can see that a lot of Christians are saved, but they don't know their identity and they are and they are being exploited, being manipulated, oppressed by devils and demons, and um, false teachers and false prophets are molesting people, extorting people because they do not know the authority they have in Christ Jesus, their rights and their privileges. So to help people know the truth is a massive piece of work. Some of you, some guys among you, right, will be empowered and anointed to be able to easily make money to fund the gospel that might be your own part 
Some people might be the ones who actually print and show that those, those information are printed. Some people have been anointed because God knows that social media is going to come at some point. It's all stuff, right? And there's more, I, mean, I believe there's more in technology that's not even been discovered yet. And God has put graces in people ahead of time before those things, those areas of technology have been discovered. People, to put people there that they can use those tools to communicate the gospel or to lead people to know the, know the truth about the identity. Amen. So, God has an overarching purpose that people will be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth, to know Christ, to know their identity, to live out that life that God has called them to live. And as long as there's a devil in the world, right, there's a lot of work to do. And even amongst ourselves, like I showed us earlier in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verse uh, 11 down to uh, 16, that we ourselves need to mature. I'm not immature in all, in, in all areas, in all areas of my life, all areas of the Christian faith. Some, some of you guys are actually more mature than me in some areas than, my, uh, than I am. <laughs> Let that not surprise you, right? And, I can, and I'm, I'm very, very confident and comfortable to admit that. And so, and that makes me also to know that I'm not an island of knowledge and not to see myself, uh, not to overestimate myself but to be humble and learn from other people so god's plans god's purpose is that everyone will be sa- will be saved will receive christ will be adopted into his family will be restored into perfect union and relationship with him and people will know about the kingdom know that they have been engrafted into a kingdom and people will be able to uh will be able to uh, do the works of service do what god has called them to do help other people you know you know help humanity show god's goodness and kindness to humanity so human god in humanity can see the love of god for creation that god is not the one bringing evil upon people but the devil is the one so we have a magnitude piece of work to do and each one of us have a specific role to play in the body of christ in this grand scheme of a sign of god's assignment let me add one more to it let's go to ephesians 3 10 Ephesians 3 verse 10. Now it reads, it said, his intent, talking about God's intent, uh, is that now through the church, who is the church? Yourself, myself, all of us, believers. Through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. So beyond even the physical realm, even to the spiritual realm, God wants to walk through you to show the devil and his demons is wisdom, Christ Jesus. And if you take your time to study the Bible carefully, when we're talking about the wisdom, we're talking about the Christ. The manifold wisdom of God, the multi, uh, the multifaceted, the multi-dimensional wisdom of God, at the root of it is Christ. We talk, it's, everything's still referring to Christ. The Bible says, says to us that Christ is the wisdom and the power of God. He said, uh, in, I'm trying to remember that scripture now. He said, uh, you are in Christ. Okay, I can't remember. First Corinthians, I can't remember, but let's carry on. Right. So Christ is the wisdom, is the wisdom and the power of God. And God wants to reveal Christ to principalities and powers through you and I. How is he going to do it? When you and I know our rights and privileges in Christ Jesus, when we walk in the wisdom of the, of the Father, when we, when we minister the gospel to people, when we minister the word of identity to people, who they are, when we teach people how to walk in the authority, when, when, when people are able to, by the, in the name of Jesus and the knowledge of who they are in Christ Jesus, pull devils and demons in their place, that is God showing his supremacy over principalities and powers. And he wants to do that through you because demons know that god exists 
Demons know that God exists. Satan know God exists. But I don't think they, they know how why they, 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 I won't say they, 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 they don't know, right? But I don't think they've seen, they, they've not had really, they, they don't know that much. They don't know that much. And God says, you know, he wants to use you and I to showcase his wisdom, his power, his authority to principalities and powers through the church, you and I. So on the, in the physical realm, works of service, building people up, you know, people working in the knowledge, in the knowledge and truth of the identity in Christ Jesus, God is calling you and I and has given us specific assignment, you know, to play our part in that. And beyond that, even the heavenlies wants to show, wants to, wants to show off you and I. It wants to show Christ through you and I to principalities and powers. And as believers, our eyes and understanding has got to be enlightened. We've got to wake up to be, to the reality of this, so that we of this truth, so that we can we can walk in it. And when you when you begin to see purpose beyond you doing something physical on earth, but God manifesting His wisdom to principalities and powers through you, He, he puts you in a position whereby you are in good relationship with the Father, in harmony with the Father. You know, always always been minded of what God wants to do through you. Romans 8, 14 says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. If you are a child of God, which you are, I believe, if you are a child of God, the Spirit of God dwells on the inside of you. Right? And the, and the Bible tells us that the Spirit of God will lead you. Okay, let's go there. Let's go there. For, uh, Romans, 8, 4, Romans 8, 14. Romans 8, 14. So it says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. It said, the Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship and by Him you, we cry, Abba, Father. If I would trace this or connect this back to what I was saying earlier on in terms of helping people to walk in their identity, playing our part that people will come to know the truth. Now, the thing is this. Many people are still living like slaves even though they are free in Christ Jesus. Yeah, they're living like slaves to sickness, slaves to disease, slaves to all manner of stuff, slaves to people, people's approval, people's manipulation. Because they do not know who they are in Christ Jesus. And God is calling you. God is giving you a, spe a specific assignment in his body to help people to see the freedom and to receive the freedom that God has given to them in Christ Jesus. Matthew 28, 18. Uh, the Jesus said, um, you know, he commissioned us to go into the world and make disciples of people. Uh, let's go to uh, Mark chapter 16. Now this was oh, this was a verse that Jesus I mean came up in my spirit as we were praying and I was like okay let me see what God is up to uh, and I think we should um, let's take it from verse fifteen this is another a verse of the Bible that was also referred to the Great Commission now uh, he said to them this is now this is, this is we have it this in red go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation whoever believes. And is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on people 
who are ill and they will get well. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Verse 20. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord walked with them and confirmed his word by signs that accompanied it. So what work is God doing? God is in the work of people being saved. Right. And he sent you, he has sent you one night to go preach. Regardless of how much work we do in specific areas to promote the gospel, we also have a part to we also should preach the gospel. My focus here is the work that Jesus was doing. What what was he doing? It was confirming the word that this it was confirming the word with signs. And wonders as the guys went out and jesus's work has not changed if he has put his word in in your mouth in my mouth to go out and preach the gospel it's because he wants to confirm those words he wants people to be saved he wants people to come to the knowledge of the truth amen right so let's bear that in mind that god has an overarching purpose and you and i have a specific role to play in achieving that so i feel in my heart that the lord laid this in my spirit i don't know what how much is speaking to you from verse 20 uh but god is working and he wants to walk with you um like i said last week it's not so much about god using you you praying that god should use you it's about you yielding yourself to god so that god can walk through you god is looking for people God's <laughs> looking for people to work with you know to confirm his word uh, the question is will you and I train ourselves to be credible or to be to be credible to be walked through by God right because like, like I said earlier on maturity there's a lot of immaturity in the church and as a result God's power is in that God's move is in that because people are immature and they are hurting people so we need to wake up, train ourselves so that we can train many immature believers so that they can take their place, not exploit people, not abuse people, not molest people, but protect one another, protect people. You know, overcome this culture issue whereby people are trying to run church by their culture. These things are not right. They are not correct. We should not run church with culture. It is wrong. There's no culture in Christ Jesus. Though we observe the culture of the place we go to, especially the kind of respect culture, and, you know, do you know what? A, the Bible tells us that love is not rude. So a believer, a believer who is born again, right, should not be forced or should not, should not even be, should not be forced to, or pressure to respect, to respect elders. It's just common sense as a believer to res to respect because it's in our nature to respect. It's in our nature, our spiritual nature and DNA and identity to respect people and not just elders, everyone, right? I remember I was, um, I was a ministry and at a pastor's conference, uh, a pastor invited me to a conference in this church and to, to minister. So he was in front of me he met this guy, the guy, you know, you know greeted him properly, you know, ah, hey, you know, how are you, sir? Then I said hello to him and he literally kind of kissed my kisses his things and just kind of looked away, you know, not that he kissed his things, but, you know, he just shone me and I'm like, young man, what's your problem? You're like, you don't even know me, like, I was just, 
look down on me and look away. I don't know. Maybe I look too young. It's good if I'm looking too young. Right? And I was like, this is not right. You know that man is a pastor in front of you, but you don't even know I'm a pastor friend of his. Then about after ministering, then there was a cue like, God bless you, sir. Thank you, sir, for that word. No, it's not right. I was, I was ministering at a prison one day and I was the youngest among the guys who went to the prison to minister to this uh, prison inmate. Uh, it was more of a, uh, this particular, it was an immigration detention center and it was most, most of the guys there were, were, were Africans, black people. And um, so they served us water. So one of the guys took the, so the guy serving the water, the, the bot serving us water. <laughs> You know, when he was going to give the bottle of water to the rest, to, to my other colleagues that, that, that went with me, and it's different between me and these guys were not so small, me like two or three years kind of thing, uh, but they look bigger than me, right? And I, that doesn't mean I want to look big anyway. And, you know, he was like, hello, sir. Oh, no, sir. Oh. Then when he got to me, he, he, he snapped me with the bottle, you know, papa. And he would, would not even look at my face. And I took it and I smiled. I was like, thank you. And, um, by God's grace, when was my time? I was, I was actually the guest minister for the day. So they actually took me in that day to minister to the prison amen. And by the time I was done, there was a long queue. And, and this guy came and like, ah, thank you, sir. Bless you, sir. I'm like, no. You treated me as if I was, I, I was nobody because I look younger than the rest of my guys. But on hearing the power and the life of God come out of me or realizing that I was actually the guest minister and I was once ministering to the people and there was manifestation of the spirit, it then changed how you treat me. This is not right. It's not in our nature, our DNA as believers. So I'm talking about culture in the church. So we should not run church with culture. We should not respect people because they are elderly, right? And anyone who is younger, we disrespect them or mistreat them. It's not right. It's ungodly. Amen. This is how I find myself doing the work of the Lord. It just it, it takes over my 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 teaching and right. I, I like, but I know where I'm going. But I just have to step aside and let Him speak through me to be a blessing to you guys, right? So we should not be, we should we should be mindful of how we go about doing what God has called us to do. We must do it the way God has called us to do it. We, we are in the business, working with the Father to do what? To help people to come to the knowledge of the truth, to know the truth about God, to know that God is love. God loves them. In Romans 4, 5, 8 tells us that even while we, while we were yet seen as Christ died for us, it's your duty, my duty to work together to help the world to understand the unconditional love of God. Amen. So in a few minutes I have left, I just want to talk about the, the challenges that we go through as regards to our purpose, right? You know, we said, you know, this month our focus is my challenge, my purpose surpasses my challenges. Hmm. I don't know what challenges you might be going through in your life right now, right? And um, it might be like you are struggling, you're trying to get by, you know, things are not working. I want to question how you see yourself, do you see yourself as a victim or do you see yourself as a person who is more than a conqueror? This is part of the assignment that we're given to help people to understand that they are more than conqueror through Christ who loved us. Do you know what it means to be more than conqueror? Now, a conqueror is a person who will win, who will take victory by conquest, by fighting. But the Bible says that you and I are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. It means that we did not fight. We don't have to fight. What it means is that we enjoy the benefit of the conquest. 
It means that Jesus has won the battle. Jesus has overcome the enemy. And you know what? And he did that for you on your behalf. And by faith, excuse me, if you believe and receive and appropriate the victory of Christ Jesus in your life and no longer see yourself as a victim, right? You will overcome some things that may seem to be drowning your mind. I can't really articulate in words the kind of um, challenges I'm picking up in my spirit about this particular person I'm talking to right now. But at the root of it is a victim mentality. You are not a victim. You are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who loved you. Jesus died for you. He gave you victory. And you need to come to realize this, that you are more than a conqueror through Christ who loved you. Amen. So, challenges. I don't know what challenges you might be going through. One person we've tried to do with that, that it is um, a sense of, uh, what's called, it's a sense of uh, victim mentality. Right. Um, when we are looking at purpose, I don't want us to have the sense of, oh, what I'm going through, all my challenges. Oh, this is happening to me. Oh, maybe this challenge is happening to me because of my, because of my purpose. One truth is this. Whether you are purpose-minded or not, the enemy will stand against you. Standard. Whether you're, I repeat, whether you are purpose-minded or not, because you're a child of God, the enemy will stand against you. And the earlier we realize that, the better. I repeat, the earlier we realize the fact that the enemy will come against you, the better. And I don't want us to, I want to discourage us from seeing ourselves as, you know, I'm, I'm the only one this is happening to in the world. The Bible tells us that whatever you're going through, there's no challenge you are going through that is not common to man, common to people. So it's not like your, your own case is special, right? And one thing we know for sure is that we are children of God and we have victory already in Christ Jesus. Friends, I want to challenge us not to see ourselves as victim, not to see ourselves as, as uh, people, as defeated people, not to see ourselves as um, victims of circumstances, no. And not to see ourselves the way people treat us negatively. There's more to you. The power of God is on the inside of you. God lives on the inside of you in the person of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that the greater the one who lives in you is greater than the one in the world. The greater one lives on the inside of you. Ephesians 3.20 says unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or think according to the power that's at work on the inside of you. you. You carry on the inside of you the power to overcome the circumstances that you might be going through. It's inside of you. It is in you. Ephesians 1.19 tells us that now that the power of God available to you, available to me, is the same power with which God raised Jesus from the dead. And we, our, what we need is our eyes of understanding to be enlightened, to know what is at work on the inside of us, what is available to us. Amen. So we need to wake up and challenge ourselves to see challenges differently. Amen. To see challenges very, very differently. I'm watching my time. I'm trying to ensure that I don't, I don't, I don't exceed my time uh, when I get into a preaching mode. Amen. So, I want to leave you with this. Don't personalize challenges as a victim. No. Does the enemy attack? Does the enemy strike? Yes. Who is greater? The enemy or the one living on the inside of you? God is greater. Instead of you moaning and crying and grumbling and complaining, 
Why don't you go into the word of God to find out what God says about you and what God has in store for you or how God has given you victory in Christ Jesus in that situation? Why don't you stand as a, as a soldier and fight? And if you think or you know that the enemy is attacking you because he's trying to block you from doing what God has called you to do, why don't you stand your ground? Why do you, why do you feel like and act like a wimp? No, we shouldn't. And that's why we need one another. We don't need to tear other people down. We need to go, thank you, Holy Spirit. We need to go around. We need to, we need to stay, stand for one another, stand by one another, remove offense, remove your differences. Think about Christ. Think about the ultimate goal and purpose of God and go for that. Strengthen one another, right? Each and every, every one of us should understand, should discover our unique areas. So how does God want to use you? You know, don't, don't, we, should not, we should stop looking at how God is using or working through other people and and grumbling, moaning, and complaining that why am I not the one occupying that position? That is short-sightedness, and that is being unintelligent to be envying on that man's position where God has put them. Because they didn't put themselves there. God put them there. And if God wants to use you there, he will put you there. So regardless of your friends on social media who are doing something or the other, some of them, what they're even doing is not even authorized by God. Let's, but that's a topic for another day. My, my focus is on you or myself to, dis, to discover where God wants us to function and how he wants us to function. And stop getting ourselves bothered, confused, you know, crying, moaning, complaining, grumbling, you know, about what is not working. Let's focus on what God says about us and where he has positioned us. Let's, let's, let's spend time praying, pressing in that. Pressing is another word, Lord Jesus. Okay, praying, please. That pressing, maybe you should delete it because pressing is funny. How people use pressing. I'm pressing in the Lord. Oh, come on, stop it. Stop it. Walk with the Lord. Pray. Study. Understand how you can take your place in Christ Jesus. Amen. All right. Uh, thank you, everyone, uh, for, for staying connected and uh, for being at church this morning and uh, for putting up with my <laughs> with my attitude. Amen. Yeah, so it's been awesome and wonderful being with you guys in this past two weeks, uh, ministering the word of God to you. Uh, I've been so blessed. I've been so edified. I believe God has spoken to your heart as well. Please hold on to those words and run with it. So I, I look forward to connecting with you on Friday for the uh, Bible study question and answer. And um, uh, let's see how God speaks to us too on Friday. Uh, amen. So I would like to wish you a wonderful Sunday. And I pray that um, you have a much more prosperous week in the name of Jesus. Tomorrow is Monday. Ensure you thank God is Monday. God bless you guys. Uh, bye. If you were blessed by today's message, why not share it with a loved one? And as always, stay connected by visiting our website at www.lwmi.org.uk. We hope you were blessed.